Hello and welcome to another episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left. The podcast for stories of dating adventure and misadventure. In this podcast, we bring you the most awkward and outrageous moments that define the quest for love. Our philosophy? An embarrassment shared is an embarrassment halved. This episode is about a childhood crush that lasted a decade and the three dates that meant nothing ever happened. This is the trilogy of Ella. Told by the man that lived it, Archie. It goes back a long time, actually. The epilogue. The first time I met Ella, we were in class together, aged 11. And although at first I was like, oh, she seems cool, whatever, it took a couple of years and then I really, really fell for her in a big way. <laughs> you know, one of those people that just makes you sweat and you're just, like, nervous all the time. I don't know, I was obsessed with her at school. Like, just, you know, I was just so into her, but I was also, like, one of these kids that was, like, really noisy and loud, but also didn't really have the confidence to ask her out. Chapter 1. Things are hotting up. She'd been away travelling, I'd been away travelling, you know, the classic gap year sort of thing. And uh, she'd got back from Mexico, and it was my birthday, and she got me a bottle of Mezcal, which is this, I don't know if anyone's tried that, but it's a very delicious, but extremely strong liqueur that they have over there. <laughs> anyway, we hadn't seen each other in ages, lots to catch up on. We were hanging out, talking. It was not just me, it was like there was a bunch of mates and we all met up at her house and uh, it was all going really good. And everyone else left and I'd already drunk quite a lot of mezcal and just was like in the mood to stay up partying and I think she was too. Eventually, it got to the point where we started making out. Woo, I can't believe it. Like, I'm so happy, but also really hammered. Like, really hammered. We decided to go upstairs, which I was like, bloody brilliant, like, can't wait. Like, you know, it never sort of gone to that point before. And so we're upstairs and we're taking each other's clothes off and it's all going great and uh, we're, we're naked in bed. I think, uh, something is not right with my stomach right now. So, <laughs> I like stand up because I've been lying down for like the last five minutes I um, you know it's fine when you're lying down when you're really hammered but something about like getting up and this kind of like wave of nausea just like comes over you I'm so drunk and it's quite dim in the room I I can't see where the door is feel this thing like coming really like this you know you know you just know sick is sick is coming <laughs> it's coming there's nothing you can do I literally just run into the corner of the room and just, there's no door there it's just like a it's a it's, it's kind of a door to the boiler and I'm like fuck okay wrong thing and I like 
blitz across the other side of the room and then I see the door and I literally grab the door and the door handle comes off and I'm like oh shit oh shit like what am I going to do what am I going to do and I remember just like literally like shoving my fingers into the gap where the uh, where the door handle was like ripping it open and it's just it's too late it's too late it's happening and I and as I run out the door I trip I slip, I vomit mid-fall to the ground. It hits the ground before I get there. <laughs> and I just fall headfirst into my own vomit, like, all over myself. I also smack my head against the banister. And I'm there, like, in a kind of pool of my own vomit, naked, like, in a fetal position, being like, ooh. Sick all over my hair and my face. Barely being able to get up. And then her, like, mum... <laughs> Mexican mum like comes out of the hallway it's like is everything okay <laughs> and I was like I'm fine everything's fine and then uh, Ella is absolutely like pretty furious but also like what the fuck she just takes me out and she has to deal with it and then they give me like a spare t-shirt because it's just like sick all over me and I need to like wash and stuff and then I go to sleep and the, and the worst thing was just like they put me to bed and it was fine but I was like I was so hammered that I actually had an interview for a job the next morning I had to just sack it off and then have a very very awkward breakfast with her brother and her mum Chapter 2 Let's Get Legit so the next excitement about that was I got this job working for this pretty shit company. But basically, the only perk of it was that I got free meals at fancy restaurants all around London. So I saved up my kind of overtime hours, which were paid in tokens to go to these restaurants. I basically asked her, I was like, hey, do you, do you want to go for a meal with me at this like really fancy restaurant? And she was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds cool. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Oh, man, this is the time. This is the time. It's all going to happen. Ten years of build-up, it was, you know, I was fucking so excited and I was like, oh my God, it's actually happening and I'm, you know, it's going to be super legit, like I'm going to take her to this really fancy thing and then I'm going to dress smart, blah, blah. We go to the restaurant and uh, things are going fine, like, she's being a bit, like, off with me, I don't really get why and, and I was just like, right, okay, I'm just going to power through this and obviously we got loads of this free fancy food and because I've been such a, doing such a like horrible job, I was so keen to eat as much as possible. So I just absolutely stuffed my face, like literally just shameless, like everything just going in there, like nonstop. And she was kind of like being a lot more modest about it, but I was like, no, I've got to get this and got to get my money's worth. And uh, basically the date was not going very well. Like we'd known each other for years and I guess she wasn't sure what the format was, but like I, I felt like it was kind of clear that I wanted to be on a date. But um Anyway, we left and nothing's happened. And also by this point, I was like, you know, I was getting a bit nervous because I was like, shit, like right, we're walking home and, you know, nothing's happening. And she's being a bit sort of uptight with me. And we were walking back and then I was just like, shit, I need to just pop down this alleyway for a second. And I literally just, not joking, just absolutely... <laughs> emptied my guts of all the fancy food down there and I just completely like just like vomiting so hard and I was just like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) 
they only had like a glass of wine, so I couldn't really justify it on the booze at all. And the food was amazing. It wasn't like food poisoning. It was definitely like, I've eaten so much, I can feel that brownie at the top of my throat. So yeah, they kind of like put a bit of a Debbie Downer on the evening and... Uh, <laughs> No action after that. I was kind of like wiping vomit from my from my chin. So then we just called it a night, and uh, nothing happened for at least a couple more years. <laughs> Chapter three: Holiday romance. So there was a long cooling off period after that. We somehow stayed friends despite all of this shit going on and we decided that it'd be quite fun to go along to her parents' summer house just south of Toulouse, just north of the Pyrenees. So yeah, so, so, we, so we go over that way and it's kind of like, it's all been going good. We finally like kind of had some alone time together and that would have been fine. But then it turned out that she was seeing somebody else at the time. So it was a bit like a bit messy and you know, hearts were, were being stretched all over the place. We were staying with her dad and her stepmom, who also happened to be my old German teacher from school, who I still refer to as Frau Hansig. So anyway... Her dad is he's quite like a typical dad who's very protective of their daughter. So we kind of had to pretend like nothing was really going on, which was fine, you know, that I understand the situation. So anyway, the rule was I had to stay in their living room and they had a spare bed. So I was sleeping in the living room downstairs. And basically the dad liked to get up early and have his coffee and newspaper every morning so it was kind of like I had to be out of bed by eight o'clock in the morning every day which you know is fine when you're not drinking uh gets a bit different when you're drinking so it's it's one of our last nights and we're kind of like in the middle of nowhere but there's this little like farmer's party going on so we decided to go along and we're having a good time like having lots of drinks and everyone's fine It's been good, actually. I'm feeling like, wow, I've managed to get over all these like embarrassments that have happened in the past and we can kind of just like, you know, be on the same wavelength. And we go home and I've had quite a lot to drink, but it's good. But we decided just like, she's kind of like, nah, like, you know, it's fun what's happened, but I think it's time to call it day. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm a bit guarded about it, but whatever. So I get into the spare bed in the living room and I fall asleep in that immaculate white sheets and uh, I wake up and it's about, I don't know, six in the morning and just something feels wrong. And I'm not sure. I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, I've got these stomach cramps, but maybe it's just a bit of trap gas. So I try and test the water, you know, just see if I can just a little squeeze and, and see if there's like a, just a bit, a bit of gas going to come out. The best laid plans of mice and men often go far astray. Basically, went from a small pocket of gas to quite a large cup of liquid coming straight out my backside. Oh shit, uh, literally, I've just shat on the bed and uh, went all over their white sheets. (laughs) 
I was feeling so unbelievably ill and hungover, and but like so much that I could barely move. I was like, oh man, I'm really, really not good. And I've just soiled Frau Hansig's bed. But then I was like, I'm actually too weak. You know what? I'm just going to go back to sleep and it'll just hopefully sort itself out. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just not in a good state whatsoever. It's kind of was like semi panic, semi just like catatonic and dying. I go to sleep and then I get woken up at eight on the dot by her dad who comes in and he's like, come on you, up. I want to read my paper. Like I don't want you taking up my space. And I was just like, oh, um, uh, Michael, I, uh, I, I, I can't move. What do you mean you can't move? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you've been active all week. I, I can't, I can't move. I'm like desperate not to like have to get out of seat and show that, that this, you know, there's shit all over the shit. Can you just, can you just get Ella? And he was like, all right, fine. So he gets Ella and Ella comes in and I have to like explain to her being like, Ella, like, I don't know what's happened. Maybe it was something at eight or just, I've, I've just had a bit of an accident. But please, can you just like not tell Frau Hansig? It's just going to be too much. And I really... I just can't bear the idea. Just Can you just, like, ask them to leave so I can just get these sheets in the thing? She's like, okay, cool. I'll just go and, like, make sure there's nothing in the washing machine. So then she leaves the room, like, semi-giggling, and I'm like, for fuck's sake. And then literally within, like, a minute, like, <laughs> Frau Hansen comes and someone's like, oh, hello, Archie, I've heard you've had a bit of an accident. Also, Frau Hansik's mother was there, who also heard the story and was like, he did vast. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, here we go. So her, all her credit, she was unbelievably nice about it. And she's like, oh, it happens to the best of us. Like, maybe it was the courgettes you ate last night. <laughs> just so much shame right now. Her dad, at this point, he hasn't left the room. He's just cracking up and, like, laughing at me. And I'm just like, oh, like, just please just leave me alone. Like, I just want to be by myself. I was shamed across multiple generations for not only my teacher, but like the girl that I was really into and her dad and yeah, just kind of everyone. And luckily my flight was the next day and I just could not have got out of that house any quicker. I was just so desperate to leave and <laughs> have some time to myself. So yeah, that's the, the story of the terrible trilogy of Ella and how not to behave when you're trying to court a girl. This is, yeah, this is a period of 10 years and uh, yes, and nothing's ever come of it. <laughs> you're not together. No, we're definitely not together. <laughs> Thank you to Archie for sharing his dating misadventure. 
We'll be back next week with another epic tale. And go ahead and subscribe to the series. We're on iTunes and on Acast. You can also listen through our website, swipeleftswipeleft.com, where you can also post your own dating adventure or misadventure. And you can follow us on Twitter with the hashtag swipeleftleft or head to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash swipeleftswipeleft. We also just wanted to do our usual thanks. Thank you so much to Archie Crofton, who designed all our graphics, our logo, our artwork. George Taylor for composing our theme music. And thank you to Connor Courtney, who has massively helped us with getting the word out for this podcast. Thank you, Connor. Oh, and a quick plug. Our graphic designer, Archie Crofton, is now officially freelance and available to work. So we will also put a link to his website in the description of this podcast. If you need any artwork or anything done, he's the man for the job. He's expecting your email.